0: Welcome to Disney Parks and Beyond, a Disney podcast about theme parks and all things Disney from the After Dark Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Disney Parks and Beyond. I am Nick and on this episode I am joined by the fabulous Mr. D.
2: I know that. I feel bereft. There's only one Paul. I feel like the whole world is unbalanced.
1: Ah, you've you the reveal. Ah, but I've you so are said, sorry. Slightly, slightly, slightly unbalanced.
2: Yeah, definitely yeah. unbalanced. People have been saying that for a long time, but no, ah, I actually believe them.
1: I didn't. I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to point it out. But yeah, <laughs> it could be onto something. Um, but we don't have P Dubs. Uh, we don't have Craig, thankfully. But we do have Ryan.
3: Hello. Hello, oh, huge one.
1: Yes, it's been a it's been a while, isn't it?
3: Yeah. I've been like I've been ill and I've kind of just get got getting back into the swing of things. I've got my new mate. Desk set I, didn't, up.
1: I didn't I didn't ask why. I just made a <laughs> statement. If I wanted to know why, I'd like to read a book or something. You Sorry.
3: Know? I thought we'd be more friendly on this show now.
1: <laughs> nah, it's not that. Nah. No, I, I mean we're just you, not
2: swearing at each other anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. We'll just Fair we'll enough. continue the snark. The um <laughs> Speaking about one of the reasons why you've not been around. Um, yes. You did say it before. I really interrupted you with a crap joke. Um, you have kind of done, I don't, it's not a man cave, but like an office space, I suppose.
3: Yeah, so I've always had like a, yeah, since I've moved in, I've had, a, I've had like a games room, but I've turned it more into an office space. Now I've got a proper big desk. I've got my new iMac and slowly, get, I'm slowly upgrading my podcasting equipment as well. So, yeah, it, it, when I sit down at the desk, it actually feels like I'm working, even though I'm just chatting to you guys. I don't know if that's
1: a good thing or a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, in I'm fact, don't, don't, even, don't even answer that. That's, that's fine. Um, we're going to do the usual. We're going to talk about, uh, as, a, as a show title suggests, Disney Parks uh, and beyond. So before we start talking about Disney Parks, we do have to start a show, as we've always done on the Art Podcast Network, with what is everybody drinking. So, uh, Ryan, I'm going to go to you first. What are you drinking?
3: I'm drinking a Starbucks skinny latte, no added sugar, lactose free.
1: What the hell are you drinking a Starbucks at this time of night? I know it's it's a pre-made Starbucks. Yes. But you madman? Well,
3: I could drink a can of Monster at 12 o'clock and go to sleep at quarter past. So, I've,
1: I've got a question. I can only ask you this because of, um, you know, being the fellow monster drinker, mm. sometimes get tired after drinking a monster. Do you? No, I don't. I don't know what's wrong with me. Sometimes I get nappy. I just need to have a nap. Just, just the thing. Like twenty minutes. Caffeine, caffeine just like
3: keeps me going rather than makes me awake. So mm. like I could, I could, I could go I could go to bed like five minutes after drinking this and fall asleep, but. It keeps me functioning.
1: I mean, please don't, because obviously, you know, somebody on this podcast tonight has fallen asleep during a recording, and, you know, I don't think now's the time to repeat it. Did you? (laughs) I I don't want to... I didn't want to out myself, but yes. um, Uh In fact, actually, I think a lot of people would be quite happy if I fell asleep during Mm -hmm. a podcast recording, because then I wouldn't be talking. There'd
3: just be Uh, silence.
1: People wouldn't know what what happened. (laughs) yeah the ringmaster's gone um mr Day, what are you drinking
2: Uh, i'm on something differently i went rummaging uh in the cupboard and i thought there was still some gin left but the back of it i actually found half a bottle of Shivers regal so i'm having a whiskey wow just a whiskey
1: yeah when you when you said you went rummaging i wondered if that was like slang for um searching for rare bottles of rum but, no, wrong. Uh, no wrong no to wrong to be found no yeah
2: Fair whiskey go
1: <laughs> whiskey go-go um oh, i've man. um as, as i think a lot of the country uh, we're not uh touch wood thankfully sesk is wood um we're not suffering with coronavirus but um i think a lot of people because of the uh, the change in the weather and that have had you know like colds and, and bits and bobs like that so i've been a bit rough so um i'm just cheering myself with some cherry pepsi max i have gone back to the old faithful fallen completely off the wagon and need to sort my life out basically but then what oh is uh, new i suppose
0: mm.
3: um right i went to a, went to a restaurant at the weekend and uh oh, i had a cherry pepsi max just just for you
1: ah was was that from one of those um fame machines we were talking about in a previous episode The the fake ones, yeah, freestyle, freestyle machine, yeah, yeah. The fake ones, which have nowhere near the variety. No,
3: they don't, they've got like cherry Pepsi Max, and that's it.
1: I uh, one one I found had um lime, which used to be a flavor anyway, you could buy um, and orange, and I just don't think coda flavor goes well with orange at all like coconut orange flavor it just just doesn't i don't know it's not great not sure um right okay well let's start as we mean to go on with a look at the latest news from the disney parks
0: hello this is wendy prater with magical journeys travel proud sponsor of the disney parks and beyond podcast it's never too early to start planning your disney vacation still need to book that summer trip it's not too late Contact me for a free, no-obligation quote and find out how I can help take the stress out of all your planning. Contact me at Wendy Prater at magicaljourneystravel.com. dot com. I make the plans, you make the memories.
1: And where do we want to go first, Mister D? Is there anything you wanted to kick off with? Well, we were we were kind of pre-chatting,
2: weren't we? About uh,
1: oh yeah,
2: many's uh, runaway railway and. Uh... The, some of the, the stuff that's leaking up, videos and reports and reviews of that. Hang on, I've hang, been hang on trying a second. to.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hang on a second. What's that?
1: Just, just say the right name again.
2: Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Am I right?
1: I think you are the only person in England that can pronounce it without <laughs> stumbling.
3: Every time <laughs> that one of us says it right on Theme Park Trader, someone someone goes, "Well done." Because
1: it's so bloody difficult. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, Mr. D just did it twice flawlessly, and I'm sat in awe.
2: The Glaswegians are renowned for rolling their hours, and there's a lot of rolling hours in Nikki and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You, oh, love, you
1: just, you just made a hat trick. it's, it's just, days. I mean, I mean, you know, when when they um, released the. The uh, polls for the the Sony Awards this year. That mm-hmm. that little clip is what I'm going to send in as our yeah. nomination for best podcast. Is you saying that? I by
2: just, the uh, by the end of the podcast, when the whiskey kicks in, it'll be making money, Runaway away, <laughs> <or> real work.
3: <laughs> so sounds like um, a slow transition to Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, make money, <laughs> penny.
2: That's a very good write. Can you get a fan?
1: For that. I'm trying to think. I've got so I, I've got a few Sean Connery jokes, and can I think of any of them right now? Of course not. Stunts law, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, so Mickey and Minnie's runaway railway. See how I did it? I it wasn't well it wasn't smooth. I had to think about to it. Pause. There was yeah, a pause. Yeah, I, I struggled with ours anyway. But um, yeah, that's just a mess. Um, it's opening uh, by the time this podcast goes out for the patreons it won't be open by the time it goes out to the public it will be open to the public um and they you know as i think as we record this it was a media day yeah. so um you know bloggers and entertainment magazine shows and news crews and all sorts have been going on it and um we're finally seeing more actual in-ride footage um I'm not going to go into spoilers because Mr. D has already said that he's not looking to try and get it spoiled, and that's completely fine. Um, what what I've seen is is pretty incredible. And it, it had to be really because it was taking you know, it's taken the, the place of a ride that a lot of people held very dear to their hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. I don't know. Maybe this is controversial, but I think maybe similar to Figment, and you know, the original version of, of you know the Figment attractions before they ruined them. I think the Great Movie Ride was really beloved by a hardcore fan base, but it was never well, not never, but certainly in its more later years, it wasn't an extremely popular ride in time in in terms of uh, you know crowds. And how busy it was. But it's a shame when something that you you know has been there for, for so long, it was an open day attraction, yeah. you know, goes away. And and so when you're taking away something really iconic, you need to make sure whatever goes in there is is gonna, you know, marry up to it really. Yeah. yeah
2: but what are your expectations?
1: Yeah. But but what I've seen so far, it, it's exceeded what I was expecting it to be. Um, hmm. you know, I certainly had
2: good reviews. Without you know, again, staying away from videos and things like that, but I've seen a few reviews and they've all been really positive, which is great. Yeah,
1: there's there's a few things that I've seen in it that I'm I'm not completely um, okay with. Um, I you know I, well, I like. First the, of
3: all, it's not the great movie, right? Is it?
1: Hey. <laughs> I you know, I I'm actually one of those weirdos that likes the new Mickey Mouse shorts and yeah. that style. Oh come good. Yeah, because you've got taste. Um you know, well known on this podcast that you do. So I've got no problem with the actual style itself. I actually think it works really well and I think what they've done with it is really good. Also, what is exciting is it is not just or like so it doesn't look like it is just a clone of the great movie ride. Right? You know, it does seem like they have you know- kind of taken that technology and taken it up to eleven, so you it's not that they've changed the scenes, but the ride is still the same. The ride is going to be different um and that's exciting um it just it just looks like a lot of fun and
3: it looks like fun yeah
1: for sure, yeah yeah and ryan you you well I'll let you talk about the tweet that you put out about it,
3: yeah. I- um, so basically, my point was, why did they need to close the Great Movie Ride when they're making space for a brand new show building in both Disneyland and, by the looks of it, Disneyland Paris, when they've got more land than those parks combined in Walt Disney World? I mean, I, obviously, I'm still a bit sad and bitter about the Great Movie Ride closing. I don't particularly make that a great secret. But I do think that that ride had so much potential to become something something new, especially with the the Fox acquisition and the fact that they own Star Wars, Indiana Jones, all that kind of stuff. I think that the great movie ride could have, could have lived on um, after a bit of a refurb. And I am a little bit gutted that this has replaced it, but based on the reviews I've seen, at least the ride is good, which is all we could have hoped for really. Although, what is everyone's obsession with Potato Land? There's, I mean, I saw that episode for the first time a couple of weeks ago. It's all right. It's nothing special,
1: though. Um, I, I, I've seen it, and I can't even remember that much about it. That's that's how much it left an impression on me. So I can't answer that for you.
3: Like like you though, I don't. I, I think the the cartoons. Are, are written actually very well i quite enjoy the the writing um of it i don't i think the animation style is a bit lazy um personally especially now that they've rolled it out to like DuckTales and everything like that but the actual cartoon i think is quite enjoyable and i think it would work well in an attraction setting it's just such a shame that the great movie ride had to close you know i've I'd, I'd been riding that attraction since as long as i can remember so but there we go
1: I hope someone can clip some of that last sentence from Ryan out and make uh, a nice dance song out of it. Um, <laughs> I, um, I, you know, I, I think the reason why they went with this new animation style—it's never really been confirmed. We've talked about it a lot on here, but I don't think it ever got officially confirmed. But my understanding was that uh, you know the, the copyright on Mickey is coming up. Yeah, it kind of, you know, copyright law in America is, I think, 75 years. And it's kind of been extended and extended. Um, But it's coming to a point now where they won't be able to. I think it's extended now to 100 years. So the next anniversary of Mickey Mouse will mean that pretty much anyone can use the Mickey Mouse image. And by doing this new style, they can't use that. That's my understanding. I could be way wrong, but it makes sense if you think about it, because it's something new. Yeah,
3: it does make sense. Although I think Disney, although sometimes their the lawyers seem to be a bit overzealous on things, I think for the best, for the most part, they're pretty good in allowing stuff to happen. There's a lot of stuff I see on it's
1: redacted
3: websites, um, you know, with people making their own merchandise with
1: Mickey on. Yeah, I don't think it's it's necessary that as as much because they can and they have gone after people, especially on things like Etsy. It seems like it, it depends on how much attention it's drawing to itself.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: But regardless of that, even if, you know, we thought they, they weren't as bad as, say, Hugo Boss. Uh, by the way, no one's name is changing on this podcast to Hugo Boss. It's too much effort. Um, but what will happen when that goes into public domain is that anybody can do anything with it. Yeah. Disney can't do anything about it. That's the thing. Like at the moment you can go into Primark or Uniqlo or, you know, wherever and get Disney branded Mickey Mouse t-shirts. And that is because it's under license and it means that Disney get a cut from that, you know, from every t-shirt sold or, you know, they will be paid a a fee up front for the use of Mickey mouse on merchandise. And Mickey's 90th birthday was a great example of that where everybody and their second cousin launched a Mickey's 90th birthday, uh, you know, design, uh, you know, Levi had Mickey mouse jeans and Beats had Mickey mouse earphones. Like you could buy anything Mickey mouse on, um, in in time for that anniversary. Um, by the time the 100th anniversary comes around, they can do that without getting permission from Disney. That's my understanding. So by, by doing, you know, by trying to create a new look for Mickey Mouse, it means that Disney can still, you know, do stuff with this new Mickey Mouse and kind of not, they, they can't ever forget traditional Mickey, right? And not going to, but it just means that they can still make money out of it. Yeah, but I could be wrong, but but that's you know all the things that I've read. That that's where the conclusion kind of led to. Um, I think it's
3: weird though. It's just a real lack of because of this new Mickey. There's just a real lack of consistency when you see him now.
1: I agree I think it's, because I think it's got, a bit odd. Yeah, you got you got different types of Mickey. So you have got you know traditional Mickey or or a more traditional Mickey as a character. You go and meet and greet, and then you have got this newer one. Um, but then I suppose you didn't really get much with classic Mickey, did you? You know, like original black and white short Mickey Mouse?
3: No, not in terms of the too. actual look of, like the original look. I guess you no. see the current meet and greet Mickey Mouse dressed as a black and white Steamboat Willie Mickey in Phantasmic, but he doesn't yeah. look like he did in Steamboat Willie.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah the costume's there, but the, the look isn't. Um, I can't see a costume working for this new Mickey. It'd be terrifying. I'm sure. I'm sure they did one. And it was really? quite... Yeah, I'm I'm almost... Oh, man. Uh, th- this would be a while ago now. This would be maybe two or three years ago. But I'm sure one came out for um, su- some publicity thing. Um, so they have actually got one, but it's very rarely used. And there's obviously a reason why for that, because it just doesn't translate. Um. We talked before, again, before recording, we talked about why it went there and not what they're doing in Disneyland, for example. And I think the reason why is because the building was there and it meant they didn't have to build anything new. And yeah, I get, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but they announced this ride was happening. And then later on, like, towards the end of, uh, you know, the construction of this one, they announced Disneyland's version. I don't think yeah, they announced think, them at the same time. No, I think
3: Disneyland came maybe last D twenty three last yes. year, yeah. last summer. I think it was announced, so they were way into construction here.
1: And I don't. I think the reason for that is because it was at that point that they realised this is going to be something special. And I think what we'll find, because it's obviously rumoured as we said about going to Disneyland Paris as well. Um. That these attractions, when they're built elsewhere, will not be the same. Think of it a little bit like Pirates of the Caribbean. You've got the same attraction in, you know, four parts I don't think I don't think Hong Kong's got one, has it? And Shanghai obviously has a completely different version, completely. But the Paris version, the Tokyo version, the California version, and Disney World version. Are all the the exact same attraction, but the layout and the length of the ride and everything is completely different. In fact, yeah. do Japan have one?
3: You mean, um,
1: Hong Kong? No, Japan. Just Tokyo have one. I'm not sure. Okay, I've double checked, and Tokyo does have Pirates of the Caribbean. So my point does yeah. make sense. Um, yeah, you know, all of those have different rides. Yeah, the same ride but in a different way and it's because they've done different things in the buildings, they've had less land and blah 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 blah. so it would not surprise me if the versions that we see elsewhere are going to be smaller versions of the same attraction
3: I hope that they do um, differentiate between the two I mean, between the three, maybe four Five or six, um, because that's my biggest complaint with Imagineering um, at the minute is that they just cut and paste attractions, and I get it to a certain extent, but I think this, between Disneyland and Disney World, it's a bit, a bit too close for for my liking.
1: Yeah, no, I, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Um, and we were talking about this. We recorded it um, Discover DLP yesterday. We were talking about the the plans for Arendelle, and what they're doing there. And, you know, obviously discussing another part of that expansion, which is Star Wars. At the moment, we haven't seen the plans for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in Paris. But we were saying how we hope that what was originally kind of um, shown as artists' impressions isn't going to be the final product because we don't Mm -hmm. want the Millennium Falcon. We would rather have Rise of the Resistance, but they need to, you know, even make it a bit bigger in terms of, you know, a second um, second track or equivalent of a second track um, or, or just something completely different because we've got the same lands in two parts already and to have I mean, three imagine, identical would be
3: ridiculous. be nuts, but imagine getting half of an experience as well as the same land and also yeah. imagine a boarding pass system with the French. God.
1: Mm. Yeah, you, you mean where they will punch characters in the face because um, they're not going to meet them? Yes.
3: Yeah, I could imagine there just there like a a park wide, like anchorman style fight happening at the start of every day to get boarding passes. Maybe mm. that's the way they should do it at Walt Disney World, to be fair, Disneyland. Yeah,
1: they're too laid back over there. At least you don't need technology though. Yeah, but us Brits can get a boarding pass every day. True. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway, that is that is opening up this week. Um, mm. it looks great. Uh, I know a few people that have been on it. Gonna see if we can get uh, a little audio bit from them uh, about the attraction. And um, yeah, just, just cannot wait. Uh, yeah.
3: But Ryan, yeah, I I, just on that, go on. Go on. Um, it's not going to be part of Extra Magic Hours initially.
1: Oh yeah, yeah that's strange. forgot to mention that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. The same
3: as Rise of the Resistance isn't either. Yeah. Why is that then? <clears throat> well, Rise of the Resistance apparently is because it needs extensive maintenance. Mm. Which I kind of get, but also why would you build an attraction that needs that much maintenance? Um, Well, is it yeah, is it maintenance or
2: is it like um, debugging? You know, so startup possibly, um, you know, potentially
3: over time that may fix itself. But a ride like this, uh, I mean, because bearing in mind at the moment at Hollywood Studios, Extra Magic Hours are in the evening, Mm -hmm. so it does seem a bit odd. Like, why would you? To be fair, for both attractions. Why did you not keep them operating an extra couple of hours? Now, I'm guessing it's partly to do with the fact that if the park closes at 8 and Extra Magic Hours is, is say, until 10, if someone enters the queue at 8 who is in the park, they Mm. have to let them ride the attraction. So anyone that's part of Extra Magic Hours would be joining the back of that queue, which doesn't Mm. seem particularly fair. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's the only reason why. Yeah. We'll see. Mm Mm-hmm. I think they'll
1: both join it eventually. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's why they're still ironing things out. And let's be honest, they, you know, all right, Mickey's not yet ironing anything out because it's not open yet, but Rise is. So, and also as well, it it could even have something to do with the tech. I mean, they're both, well, I don't don't know the ride system for Mickey and Minnie's yet, but we know with Rise of Resistance that they have to fast charge those vehicles. There's points in that ride they have to go over panels that, you know, gives the, the, the car a little charge as it goes around mm. to keep them moving. Um that is bonkers. Yeah, and, and I think that is, you know, they, they probably need a proper recharge at the end of the day. Mm. So, you know, I don't know. It would it, be interesting to find out why, but we never will, because I'll never reveal. It seems um,
3: like it's just a crazy way to design an attraction, doesn't it? An attraction that can't operate for eighteen hours of a day in some in some busy days of the year—it just seems mental.
1: Is that a case though of the technology not being there for the, uh, the 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 design? You know, the imagineers have come up with something so crazy it doesn't exist, and therefore they've got to kind of it mm. together. Yeah,
3: yeah, they mentioned that quite a bit in the Imagineering story how they're, they're often ahead of technology. I think it happened with. Um, even Star Tours back in the day, they were ahead of where technology was, and it was a struggle. And they, they had the same with soaring, and eventually, basically, flight of passage is where they envisioned soaring originally going. Right. So, yeah, it's a bit of a shame if that's if that's the reason. I almost would have just used tech that I had access to.
1: Now, I would normally just say, Ryan, what did you want to bring to the table? But there were two things that I know you really want to talk about. So mm. let's just get one of them out of the way first. It's your choice. You can either go for Chapek or you can go for Dining Plan. What do you want to go with?
3: I, I think let's, uh, let's start with let's start with the Dining Plan. Okay. Um, so they've introduced a new Dining Plan to the mix, which is the, the Disney Dining Plan Plus. Mm. Um, and a lot of people have been complaining about it, certain people within this uh, podcast group.
1: No names shall be said. They're not speaking and, uh, right now, so it's fine.
2: <laughs>
3: they're not on the show tonight. Take your guesses. Yeah, chuck them under the bus. Go on.
1: <laughs> Bloody Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: but um, I actually think it's it's not a bad idea. So they're basically introducing it in between the standard Disney dining plan and the Disney Deluxe dining plan. And as far as I understand it, it will give you two credits as well as two snack credits but the two credits you can use on whatever you want so you don't have to just use it on um, a sit-down meal or two quick services you can mix and match you could have two sit-down meals or one sit-down meal and, and a quick service they're basically giving you the the freedom to kind of use those credits how you want them uh, how you want to use them which i think is a nice idea now personally i'm never going to upgrade to it i'll always stick with the the standard disney dying plan i think that's more than enough food for me personally. Yeah. But um, I can understand the, the requirement for this. Um, I think the deluxe is too much. And the two meals a day, depending on the price, is, is a good kind of meet, uh, intermediate step.
2: Yeah, it's, it's just strange, though, because if you, don't, if you don't have two table service meals in a day, or I guess what you could do is you could have one signature per day, mm. But if you don't do that, then I haven't done the maths on it. But you're paying for something that you aren't using. Then if you're using it for a quick service and a table service, or you know, two table uh, two quick services, then you're you're probably massively overpaying. Yeah, yeah. uh, You'd have to
3: you'd have to do like a a character breakfast and um, the, the, the most expensive single service credit you can find for dinner every day yeah yeah
2: but i think you're i think you're right in terms of um it it, it probably fits a niche you know uh and, and you gave a good example there of if you want to have like a character breakfast and then have a table service meal then it's it's the perfect plan um and and the other one is is too much you know the the deluxe one is too much because you think got an extra table service you, you don't want that much food so it probably does hit a good niche and the other thing I wondered is if they stick with the free dining and I know there's some some doubt about whether that will be the case but if they did then it gives them another level to give away yeah. with like a yeah. deluxe resort you know because right now I don't think you get the deluxe plan free no, with any resort Uh um, oh, okay um, but this would give you like, you know, you could have like the the lower level deluxe resorts would give you, you know, the regular dining plan, the one table service, and then this one might be for... Yeah. Like if it's the the or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've still got the I think so premium deluxe uh, that people would pay for and they'd make extra, you know, be pure profit.
3: Yeah. I mean, and we have seen rumours that Disney are going to be proceeding with the dining plan for next year, certainly for yeah. the UK. Yeah. But obviously nothing confirmed as of yet. I have a contact at um, Virgin Holidays who I'm seeing at the weekend, so I might try and probe him some information.
1: Hmm. Okay. I mean, when I've been before, um, and I, I've, I've never had a dining plan when I've gone, but when I've had a dining plan before, uh, sorry, when I've gone before, we would only have two meals a day. And that wasn't just because of the cost. That was just because you know the heat in Florida you know you you want you you drink a lot but you don't necessarily want a lot of food and the portions are very generous over there yeah in, in whatever it is that you you buy anyway yeah. the other thing with um table service especially is it's time out of your day yeah. so when you go and have a table service meal you're looking at a good hour hour and a half probably at least yeah, an hour and a half I'd say yeah, it's not at, longer yeah at a minimum so you know let, let's say let's call it 2 so you've got your reservation you've actually been able to go straight in on time get a table not, not have to wait for a table to be made uh, available you've been able to go straight in 2 hours you do that twice so that's 4 hours out of your day that's 4 hours you're not going to see shows you're not going to see attractions um, looking up for rides. So that's, that's quite a lot of time out of your day. And the other yeah. thing as well, obviously when you're doing a sit down meal, Oh, sorry, a table service meal is you're then tipping. Now yeah. this isn't about being tight or anything like that, but I, I think a lot of people go over there not realizing, you know, especially first time not realizing how big a thing tips are. So when you have your free, meal you know you're then looking at another $40 on top in a tip and you do that twice a day that's $80 so there's all these things that add up as well um, that you don't necessarily think about
3: yeah I agree I think the thing is I think it's it all depends on how you want to run your holiday Um, so for me personally I've been to Disney World obviously I've been lucky enough to go a lot over the last 10 years um, and even beyond that, I've been going since I was you know, three years old. I was brought up in Disney World. And for me, sitting down at a restaurant that I love or haven't been to before is is almost like an experience that's on par with going to one of my favourite attractions. So I would compare mm-hmm. the experience and meal that I have in Sana or the Cellia or the Boathouse to going on Star Tours or... Um, you know what Space Mountain or whatever I think because it's an experience that I only have once a year if if I'm lucky and it is genuinely the restaurants that I tend to go for are some of the best meals that I have in the year because you know we don't really eat out an awful lot outside of when we're in Florida because we're saving to go to Florida. <laughs> you were not you have
2: a kid mate you wouldn't tell you have a kid.
3: <laughs> well, this is it'd it. Be, yeah, I'm not going to be wanting to sit in a restaurant
2: for two hours. Going be spam and boiled potatoes for the rest of the year for you.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not for me.
2: Uh, I, I, I I agree Spoiled with potatoes. you, Ryan. I mean, I've been lucky enough to to have the free dining plan quite a few times, and it is it is a part of the holiday, and you design the day around it. And mm. Mm-hmm. And you kind of mix and match as well. So there'll be there'll be some days where, you know, it's a, a kind of standard day, which is a quick service lunch. So we, we'd we normally have breakfast in the room, just like a bowl of cereal. And, yeah. and then you'd have a quick service lunch and you'd have a table service meal. But then there's other days where you might have a signature meal, because we're usually trying to do one or two signature meals in a, in a holiday, which then means... You know that there's another day where you've got to have like two quick service meals, and and we'll kind of mix and match. So if we've got a day where, we, you know, where, where we've got an extra quick service to use, we make do that. Then we go and see the fireworks because because we don't want to spend two hours in the restaurant that night. You know, yeah. Um, so it, it it's good. Um, I tend to think these more premium plans will be for people probably like american visitors who are maybe going to go for four or five days and and so you know if you want to do like if you for four or five days and you've got kids you might want to do two or three or four character breakfast and then an evening yeah. meal
3: you know We're just going for it
2: yeah but if you're going for two weeks or three weeks like like people from europe tend to go yeah it's it's a lot of food if you've done that every day for two or three weeks it's too much food i think
3: yeah i mean we struggle with the
2: regular dinner plan
3: yeah i do as well and i think going back to your point nick where you were saying you know you don't eat much i think when what we tend to do in in most days is first stop is starbucks where we grab a drink Mm. and maybe share a croissant or something like that and to be honest like we probably won't eat from for the rest of the day the Starbucks drinks are so filling. If you're getting one of the the fancy ones or a PSL when I'm over there, and then you don't really find yourself hungry because you're kind of drinking loads of water and stuff until your your dinner reservation. You might have a snack in the afternoon, but beyond that, that's kind of it. I mean, at the end of our three week trip in October November last year, we had like a ridiculous amount of snack uh, snack credits left over and and quick services that we end up converting. So, even on the standard dieting plan, we, we just couldn't manage all of the food.
2: Yeah, we, 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 we were like you, really. This year, Ryan, we, we spent more of our snacks on drinks than we'd ever done before. And in the past, yeah. we've, we've had a crazy situation where, on the last day, when you've got all your, pie, your bags packed, we still got 35 snack credits. And yeah. you know, being of Scottish heritage, there's no way that's going to waste.
1: So you end up going to,
2: like, the Candy Cauldron and getting two huge bags of fudge, cookies, whatever, and, you know, you're trying to get that, sneak that through the airport and onto the plane in your hand luggage. Um, But this year, or last year, you know, we used more on, like, Starbucks coffees or ice drinks or whatever. And, yeah, yeah um that that worked quite well for us we did have some left at the end but it wasn't a crazy amount
3: yeah i think that's the thing Mm. some of the things that always um kind of made us have more is when we did our universal days so we'd come back and you wouldn't have used any of your snacks or quick services for the day they kind of over like a three-week period they build up quite a bit but yeah I, i agree like whenever we could like There'd be previous years where it'd be like, oh, let's not use a snack for a Starbucks, let's pay for it. Yeah. And then at the end of the trip, you've got like 50 snacks, <laughs> if you include quick services, left. Yeah. Whereas this last year, we were just like, right, just get Starbucks. You know what, if we run out of snacks, then so be it. Yeah.
2: I remember one year, we we had we planned it really well. And so we'd used everything up. we just kept enough for the last day. And I went to check out. We were at Old Key West and I went to check out. And they they said, "Oh, you you still got an it? You still got four. We ended up with an extra four table service credits. I
0: don't
2: know how it happened. I guess it won me. it just didn't get taken off. Yeah. So then we we were forced to have a sit down lunch that day because <laughs> we, we had to use them. It became that's, a that's thing. The,
3: that's the funny thing, isn't it? Like when we we had an issue at um, Raglan Road where they wouldn't take the dining plan, so we had to pay cash. The whole system went down. So we went back to the, the um the Animal Kingdom Lodge. And to be fair, they they gave us the money back in cash, which is like, yeah. that's pretty good for Disney. Yeah. Um, and then they were like, oh, really sorry about this. We'll give you two extra credits. <laughs> um, so on top of the credits that we obviously didn't use because we had to pay cash, yeah. they then gave us some more credits. And we were like, we did it for three weeks. We don't need any more. <laughs>
1: Let's, uh, you, you, it was not saying you hit on there Ryan as well about when you're talking about going to universal and when we went out for three weeks, we stay, you know, we split our stay between Disney, I drive and uh, whatever. But when we were, you know, we, we were thinking about it, it was like, you know, if we, if we're at Disney and we've got all these snack credits and we've got all these dining reservations, you want to use them. And if you're going elsewhere, you, you're not going to, yeah you know you're, you're gonna probably pick up something to eat while you're at universal whether that's in the park or, or at city walk or something because you're there yeah. so you've got those added up so it really you know I, I guess the reason for having these things is because it tries to keep you in the bubble and that's its yeah. intention but it would really make me think about what i was doing like what i would probably do is i'd probably if i was going out for like uh two and a half weeks or three weeks, I'd probably do a Disney holiday for two weeks. Cool. And then I would do a, almost like a separate week everywhere else. So if I yeah. had the dining plan, I knew that I'd be using all of that because I'd be there those days and yeah. not having odd days out where I then have to go, right, I've now got extra. What do I do? Um,
2: and that's and that works well in terms of a car as well now, now that Disney are charging for... for... You know, so so you yeah. can you can live without a car in in Disney World. The transportation is pretty good, especially with the Skyline and a. And if you really yeah. need to get somewhere fast, you can use Uber as well. So so you know, but if you if you concentrate your time in Disney, um, then if you want a car for the rest of it when you're staying somewhere else, either well even Universal it doesn't make a lot of sense, but if you're staying on iDrive or at the coast or whatever. Um, you know, then you can have a car for that time. Um, mm. Oh, what's going well.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to, I think it's going to, all these things, especially at like the car park charges we've, we've talked about before. Yeah. um, And, and this new plan and stuff. I think it's really going to make people think more about how they plan the holidays. Yeah, You know, we're i not oh, sorry. Sorry, Nick. go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, I, I, I still think people are going to go to Orlando and are going to do other things they'll do universal they might do sea world might do lego land whatever um but i think it will people will probably change how they book a holiday going forward because of you know thinking about things like that because car hire used to be almost you know part of the holiday you know you'd go into the travel agency, you'd book your holiday you'd have your car hire because you're having your car for three weeks I think when people start realising how much that car's going to cost them just to sit there for, you know, two-thirds of the holiday, they might rethink that. Yeah. So I think you're right.
3: And that's what, I mean, in a way, that's what Disney wants. If you're not driving... Yeah, of course. You're probably going to spend more money on property. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see.
1: Mm. Well, anyway, that's, that's for Craig. Mm. So you can turn off now, Craig. Um, let, let's talk Chapek.
3: Yes. What should we? What do we start?
1: I think I think we should start with what led up to this. So um, last week, a lot of a, a lot of brown nosing for five years. Okay, I didn't mean that far back. I mean, I mean like back to last week when the news broke.
3: Okay,
1: specifically.
3: <laughs> so, so it was. It kind of came out of the blue, didn't it? Oh, really? there was no warning. There's no warning. As far as everyone understood it until last week, Bob Iger was remaining a CEO until 2021. And even then he hinted that he may be um, extending his contract once again um, in various interviews. And then all of a sudden Disney just announced that actually with almost immediate effect, um, Iger was stepping down and Chapik was taking the CEO position with Iger staying on as Executive Chairman or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, which seemed very, very odd, but I do think I think it's a point we could we could talk we could talk about at this point yeah, particularly for hours. I think um Bob is seeing the the end of the tunnel has not got a bright light at the end, and uh, the only way that Disney can possibly go now that they are so high is a bit of a drop. I think they've. I think a drop is coming to the Walt Disney Company in the very, very near future, and I think that. I don't necessarily think that Chappell is a bad choice. In the fact that I think what he all he's going to do is, is tighten the purse strings, make as much money as possible from what they've got, which I think is all they can do in the short term because they've made all these acquisitions. They've, they've been spending money left, right, and centre, and now they basically need to rein it in. But equally, we're seeing from the the creative stuff that they are trying to do, like Artemis Fowl, they're getting it so wrong that I almost think you need an Eisner to come in and take that position and be a bit more, an early Eisner to come in and be creative with it and really work with Imagineering and have an interest in the movies. I think what they've done is hired a finance guy to lead a very, very creative company, which is a bit dangerous, I think.
1: So we're going to talk about Artemis Fowl later on when we when we stay yeah. outside of the theme parks. Um, but we again, it, it's like we we talked a little bit about last night on Discover DLP because obviously he's now going to be in charge. Um, Iger was obviously involved with the uh, expansion coming to to Disney, and we were talking about at uh, Disneyland Paris, and we were talking about the the possible impacts on that. Now it, it's very likely that. Everything that's in motion is going to continue as is, unless there's a complete disaster somewhere down the line. So, and maybe that's why Iger's staying in position that he is, um, still, still very senior. Um, but there, there's nothing really for Disney left to buy. That's the thing. You know, mm. they've they've bought Fox, which was one of their the the biggest kind of rivals in a lot of ways. Um, they've they've obviously bought Marvel. Um, Lucasfilm. So they've got things like Star Wars and and all of the MCU, except for Spider-Man. You know, Paul mentioned about, you know, could they be looking into MGM in the future? And I said, what will that give them? Because, I mean, MGM now doesn't really have much. Even Bond is not really MGM. The back catalogue is, but, you know, Bond is now being distributed elsewhere. So... It, it, they need to start really going back to basics, I think, and thinking more in-house about what they could do, rather than just looking at you know IPs to buy and and, and companies to buy up. Um, and I, yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure if this is the um, the right move. It'll be it'll be very interesting. The next next decade, I think, for Disney is going to be really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I completely agree. And you know what? We we obviously moan at Chapek quite a bit, but we don't know how much he was restrained, uh, constrained by um, Iger, in all fairness. Now, the issue I've got with Chapek is he's never excited about anything other than when he just got a multi-million dollar pay rise, in, which is the only photo I've actually seen him smiling. Um But, you know, I, I've said it before, that when he's opening Star uh, Galaxy's Edge, Put some excitement behind it, like actually, like at least pretends like you bloody care about Star Wars, Um and I just don't think you know if, you, if you'd had Eisner on the stage there, he'd be dressed as in some kind of Jedi robe, Sith robe, having some kind of lightsaber duel right. with with Mickey. Know. Yeah, that, that for me is an issue. The CEO, the CEO should be of Disney. Of Disney oh, should be at yeah. least enjoying it. Uh,
1: Mister D cannot hear us. It's okay. I can hear you. Oh, you can excellent. Yeah, <laughs> can he disappear, disappeared. Disappeared okay. for about twenty seconds. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I i kind of I kind of see what you mean, Ryan. But at the same time, if you actually look back at a lot of the Eiger things, like if you look back at him at Disneyland Paris when that sorry Euro Disney when it first opened, um, or a, or California Adventure, he didn't do. I, I don't think he did a very convincing job of looking as excited as you know. He he certainly dress up for the part um but i don't think he was a man that was very enthusiastic either i think i did a much better job of doing that um i'm not sure why but he's something lacking and i, and I know what you mean about Chapek's lack of um, seemingly lack of enthusiasm anyway and i think sometimes you know it's a personality trait but also where you are in the company I think has that, you know, maybe you think that you need to be overly professional and you shouldn't, you, know, you shouldn't be in a company that's supposed to be as fun as Disney. But I suppose at the same time, the, the main thing about Disney is, you know, it's got to impress its shareholders and it's got to make lots of money and therefore it is more of a business than we'd probably like it to be.
3: Completely, and I think his strengths probably lie in not necessarily the board meetings because he's not invited to those yet, um, but the the meetings with the big uh, partnerships, the companies where he's probably doing the classic uh, Disney-branded PowerPoint presentation and absolutely smashing it. Now, I don't know about, about you guys, but if I'm presenting to a client versus if I'm chatting to my friends or... Uh, I meet someone that's listened to one of our shows, I'm very different. And I think even if he has to put on a bit of an act and pretend like he likes Disney, I still think it would go a long way to... I don't particularly dislike the man, but I think there's a lot of Disney Parks fans especially that hate his guts. And I think all he needs to do is actually pretend like he cares when he's opening new rides and lands. And I actually think a lot of people would, would kind of rein it in and start getting behind him a bit.
1: Mm.
3: it's just small things like that he,
1: he's got a he's got a big legacy to fill because Iger did a lot right under his tenure not everything well, the funny th- but yeah you
2: know the funny thing is I mean I remember I mean I, I was actually surprised at how long Iger's been in place it's been 12 years now hasn't it um, he's been yeah. in place a long time and I remember when he came in you know everybody was saying oh he's a financial guy um, he didn 't care about the park he didn 't care about anything he just cares about the money and actually I think he's probably going to go down in history as as a fairly successful CEO because of some of the acquisitions mainly and then how yep. they've milked the acquisitions but
3: I mean yeah I agree
2: you know so it just depends you know where where Chapik goes but the thing is as well I mean you know we we're obviously fans of Disney in terms of the parks, especially, and and the movies. And so for us, it's kind of personal, and hopefully it's personal for them as well, but it's an entertainment company at a time when entertainment has gone through a total revolution. You know? Uh, Yeah. You know, the move from like TV to streaming, on online social media, just the, the pace of change in the last 10, 15 years is enormous, and I think the pressure must be enormous to, to make sure that you don't miss a trick. Because if you miss a trick, you know, literally, your company could go down the Swanee pretty quickly.
3: Um, yeah, so I, I think, the, although yeah, I we want
2: them to be more fanboy than than businessman, they're in a they're in a sort of fairly, a very competitive, changing, dynamic, uncertain situation, and they're making big bets. You know Disney Plus and Fox and Marvel. I mean, these are big bets, and so far, i has been pretty successful. But I think, I think he's picking his time and think eventually my my luck is going to run out. It's time to well, go com-
3: completely. I mean, there's there's going to be a time where we're bored of Marvel movies and
1: Star Wars movies, the same as we got bored with uh, Wild West movies. Um, well, Ryan, it- I actually just to interrupt you there. I I think. Based on the box office performance of the last one, I think people are bored of Star Wars movies. Yes, yeah. so but we're not, but you know, yeah. that's that's something. And I mean, who knows? You know, it needs a hard reset. It is a hard reset without the characters that people have grown up with. Well, the Mandalorian's doing a good a good job of that, but I yeah. wonder. You know, if you look, it's not very long after Star Wars. You know, the Rise of Skywalker came out. that Iger's gone. Yeah. Now, th- there could be no link between the two, but that's a franchise that started off uh, becoming, you know, The Force Awakens was the biggest film of all time until Endgame came out. Um, you know, it was breaking records left, right and centre. And by the, the third film in that series, you know, it made, you know, just over a billion dollars, I think. It really, it really, it made half the money of the Force Awakens in America.
3: Yeah, and that's the terrible part because you'd expect the end of the whole saga to probably be the best performing. Yes, absolutely. Um, The biggest thing I think Chappelle could do, if I was in his shoes today, is fix Disney Plus's problem. And uh, Disney Plus's problem is that it has no adult content on it. Like, I, I get that you have. Like Hulu exists in the states, but it does not exist everywhere else. And there's been so much discussion. I don't know if you've seen the, the stuff going on with Disney Require So obviously, it's yeah. a, a massive revival for fans of the show. I, I watched it when I was a kid. Where they're kind of arguing behind the scenes on whether it whether it's basically Hillary Duff doesn't want it on Disney Plus because they're trying to restrict the story that they want to tell because it's too adult. Which I'm which probably won't be that adult at all. But if Netflix can do it, where where I can actually have a kids account versus a, an adult account, why is Disney Plus not able to do this? It's a simple thing.
1: Yeah, and, and high fidelity was exactly the same. That was a that was announced as a Disney Plus show, and that went to him. Yep. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, it it seems it seems bizarre, but you know, Chapek has got a legacy to fill in those parks. And now's the time he's got to step up and, and do something. And, you know, Iger's put the plans in place for Avengers Campus and, and the expansions to uh, Paris and stuff. So let's see, once all of that's been finished, what Chapek comes up with next.
3: Can you imagine if tomorrow he just went, yeah, well, um, we're bringing the Dreamfinder back and we're completely, we're putting like 100 mil into, the new fig- into a new imagination pavilion.
2: We're rebuilding horizons. It-
3: yeah both yeah. both of those and everyone be like chapek is the best ceo ever oh yeah he gets it
1: <laughs> right now there's funny enough it's been quite a weird week or a weird couple of weeks in terms of news we've not really discussed coronavirus which is in mm. asia and the asian parts and uh, you know tokyo's become the latest victim of that but there was two incidents that happened at Walt disney world which i thought we would be um we need to mention the first one, the more minor of them, was the uh, the People Mover. Hmm. And the fact that uh, oh, there the, was an incident on that. The crash. Yes. Um, which has happened before, so it's, yeah. it's not the only time. But the reason why it stood out a bit more than just being a, a regular incident is because the day before that, in a tribute, I believe, and it's not been confirmed, but I believe it was... Disney's tribute to uh, the former Jaws attraction Ooh. and possibly uh, Disney suggesting that Universal put Jaws back into the epic universe part that are going to be opening up. Um, a boat sank on the Jungle Cruise.
3: So I thought it was it was Disney's tribute to the new CEO taking over and the reflection of what the company will become.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it fitted in, so you could be right. <laughs> um we're going to
2: need another boat.
1: <laughs> yeah. They had a few more lined up. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not a massive historian, but is this the first time that this has ever happened on the Jungle Cruise? I
3: think that's certainly the first time I've ever seen it reported. Hmm. I mean, it may have happened in Disneyland's early years and just never been reported, but yeah, I've not I'm pretty seen it. Sure,
2: I'm pretty sure I've never had one of the skippers saying, and now you can see the underside of water.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: Pretty, sure. Pretty sure they've never said that before.
1: And it's happened, what, three, four months before the Jungle Cruise film comes out?
3: Yeah. Almost,
1: yeah. almost no better timing, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe that ride needs a refurb. Hmm. Maybe. i would right. tell you what was interesting, though, is apparently... It only affected the ride for thirty minutes.
3: Yeah, they just picked picked the boat up, set it on fire, and then moved on.
1: <laughs> Probably set the skipper on fire as well. It was um, it was one of the handicap accessible boats as well. Good God! So, I mean, that was uh, well. I mean, there was no injuries. There was no um, no issues. Um, other no injuries, people. no
3: issues, but twenty lawsuits.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I believe some fast passes were given out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and some new clothes, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, the the good stuff is, or the good news about it is that it was only you know between ankle and shin deep uh, the water. So, yeah. you know, no one was in any real danger. But I'm, you know, I'm sure it must have been quite no, shocking.
2: There's cr- crocodiles in that water.
1: Hmm, exactly, you can't see it on the, you know what's underneath that wall.
3: I tell you what, though, thank God it didn't actually go down properly because imagine people trying to swim to the shoreline like genuinely with all those animatronics about that could have been really like disastrous. What if they come alive? That, or they get caught in a gear and something horrendous happens.
1: Yeah, although I mean they would have shut the power off if that was the case. I'm sure, but. um, yeah, it's, um, it's not great. Um, I've not seen any reports from um, any of the survivors. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <Survivors>. <laughs> what else yeah. to call them? Um, but I'm, I'm assuming, knowing what Disney's like, is um, they would have all got new clothes. Is it true that
2: they're changing casting for the new Jungle Cruise movie and it's going to be Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio? I was just going to say, I'm, I'm
3: pretty sure I saw a photo of one of the survivors on the Jungle Cruise this week throwing a a red pendant off the uh, off one of the boats.
2: Yeah, um, I saw one right at the front of the prow with his arms stuck up.
3: <laughs> well, they they just threw it over the edge and went. It's been eight days.
1: It probably felt like that, to be fair. Um, yeah, just 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 a, an interesting story. I mean. As I said, I, I can't see any reports of this happening before. The Jungle Cruise has been a, an attraction there since pretty much opening. Um, so you got a chance. What's next? What's we're that? at the
2: monorail. the monorail. The Skyliner. No? Yeah. TTE Jungle Cruise. You know. what's next?
1: Autopia. Uh, Tomorrowland Speedway.
2: That's happened as well. Oh, I always crash so those. I do that on yeah. purpose.
1: Yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> that was the first attraction I ever, I ever did that on when I was a kid. Um, yeah, so I, I I thought we we couldn't leave the news about speaking about that. So, yeah. but, I mean,
3: coronavirus, very br- briefly, all of Disney's parks in Asia were covered shut. That is yeah. massive. That's huge. Yeah, that's huge.
2: I mean, and and the marriage just are-
3: banned any gathering over 5,000 people in enclosed space. Yeah. How long before Paris is shut as well? Well, Tokyo have got the Olympics this summer, haven't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. But yeah, well there you go. I mean, who knows? Empty stadiums. Oh, that'd be a weird thing to see on TV, wouldn't it?
1: I don't know, did you not see that Man City game the other week? Um it's <laughs> um it's it's a funny it's a funny one, uh, the A the Asia parts because if they were shutting for a few days it wouldn't be such a big deal because They've had to before, you know. Tokyo had to close for a while after the earthquake had hit there. Um, you know, bad weather has caused parts to close before. You know, like Disneyland Paris has had to have closed because of weather before. So it, it's not unprecedented, but what is is the length um, yeah. that they're closing for, which is you know weeks.
3: Since Shanghai been shut almost a month now,
1: like it must been be crazy. Yeah, it's got
3: to be. I know Tokyo is only only shut for two weeks roughly i think it opens again in the middle of march um but the other two that so hong kong and um shanghai are, there's no opening date for those two yet
1: no no they're just they just said they're closed um for the, for foreseeable tokyo is is going to be closed at the moment until the 16th of march yeah um and obviously that will be readjusted it's it's a very odd situation because it's started in the last couple of days to really become a big thing in the uk where yes. they've started to really start um you know discussing it and talking about contingency plans and, and all of this kind of stuff um and i remember like the other week um the company i, I worked for in real life announced that our big yearly event that we have to start the year off was going to be cancelled and uh it, instead of being in in one location was going to be a virtual uh, <coughs> big meeting instead and Ooh. we all laughed because uh it just you know it was around a time that you know the, the last financial year's results had come out and they'd been to a sustainability conference and they were talking about you know trying to be more environmentally friendly and yet they blamed coronavirus for it, and was like, "Oh yeah, good one." And and yet, and we'll discuss this in the next segment. Um, it is starting to have an effect, yeah, uh, yeah, on, on 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 big events and all of these kind of things. So it will be interesting. In the UK, we've not announced anything like that yet, but as Ryan said, um, you know they've, they've said gatherings of uh, five thousand people or more in France are going to be banned. That hasn't reached the theme parks yet, but it can only be uh, a matter of time, I think. But what I don't understand with all of this is if you believe what you're being told, it's the flu.
3: It is the flu, yeah.
1: It's the flu, but without a proper drug to treat it. So you just have to kind of suck it it until it goes away. And if you are, you know elderly or or vulnerable health wise, then it is going to be troubling for you. But for the majority of people, it's not like really going to have much of an impact. So it yeah. almost feels like we've got into a bit of a mass hysteria.
2: I think so. It seems like I mean, you know, it's it's serious, obviously. If as you say, if you're in one of the vulnerable groups, if you're young, old, or you've well, got no, health not, problems. Not
1: even if you're young. Not even if you're young. They're saying that of all the cases that have been in in children, um, mm. th- th- it's not really taking effect. Mm-hmm.
3: No, ch- children seem to be um, pretty okay actually. From the statistics, it's yeah. it seems to be like um, what I saw earlier. It was like thirty to forty year olds. It was. Oh, I'm okay, man. I've, I've got the most the most cases. I'm sure I read that earlier. Brilliant! I'm in that bracket. I'm pretty much there. <laughs> so. I've got diabetes as well, so I'm screwed.
1: Yeah yeah it's been nice it's been nice knowing you uh, this show this episode in particular is either gonna really age well or badly <laughs> depending on, yeah. how, on how the rest of this year goes yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they seen. that's I mean back
3: to the theme parks they've seen cases of um roni as i like to call it um in florida now mm. so and, and i think disney are going to be like they are in asia they're going to be very quick to close the parks just out of they don't want the bad publicity. They don't want to be responsible for being one of these locations that has helped spread the virus. So um, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see closures in the American and European parks. I think, yeah, yeah well, I
2: think I think probably the US will hang up as long as they can. And, and yeah. they'll be looking for it to be across the board, you know, because if Disney are shutting the parks, then, you know, major sporting events and things like that, you know, it, it, it needs to be... A, He's a strategy, I think. If if that's what needs to happen, but yeah, I think so.
1: If Disney, if Disney are going to do in America, I predict it's going to be around May time. They'll wait. They've got spring break coming up, which is the time they should really be closing the parks for. uh, In in terms of that, Um,
2: all of our spring breakers are all alcohol protected. I mean, there's not there's not bugs going to get a grip there.
1: Yeah, If they douse themselves in alcohol as well, it'd be fine. Um, and then they've got things like Memorial Day weekend, and I can see them if they're going to close after Memorial Day and reopen up for independence. That's that's my bold prediction on this podcast. Again, this will either age really well or very badly. <laughs> time will <laughs> be the judge of that one. Um, yeah. speaking of time, I think we've talked enough about the part news, so let's go and have a look at the there's news just, from outside the box.
2: There's just one thing we should have sort of covered when we talked about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Um but the Mickey no, Shorts. Yeah. No no <laughs> the Mickey Shorts theater uh, was opening tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, uh, in Hollywood Studios in what was the Sounds Dangerous building.
1: Oh uh, that's where so, it is, is it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. Um and there's uh they've made a, a kind of bespoke short uh, vacation fun is it can't remember that. vacation something um so,
3: that so that's be, kind of
1: interesting so that will be based on the new attraction then
3: yeah mm-hmm. so i like that a short yeah. unique to the place that you're going to fantastic learn from that Pixar shorts in epcot and <laughs> just close it already yeah
1: some of those are right. Um, Oh, they're good. They're great, but I've got them on DVD. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, great. Um, Right, let's try again. So go and have a look at the news from outside of the parks. After Dark Podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com. and i wanted to kick off with uh disney plus in europe we are finally getting it we talked about it before previously so uh americanists can tune out for a little bit but um two bits of information the first one is it looks like we are going to get the simpsons as part of it after all after being told that we weren't it looks like a deal has been reached so we are going to get some of the Simpsons now Ryan we talked about this your prediction
3: my prediction is that we will get some of the Simpsons probably one through seasons one through twenty five or something like that one through twenty and then the the new season the newer seasons and the upcoming seasons will remain on Sky and then Channel 4 until those respective contracts are up.
1: Uh, My prediction is we're going to get Seasons 1 to 10 because they're the only great seasons.
3: I'd be happy with that, to be fair. Yeah.
1: I mean, time will tell. It's interesting. We've got very weird TV deals in in the UK uh, for The Simpsons. It's shared across two broadcasters and neither of them really want to give up the the rights to them i don't know why they can't be shared because in america that that's still the deal that they've got on tv for the simpsons there but um considering we were told we weren't going to get the simpsons at all now news that we're going to get some simpsons is is better than nothing um but be a th- movie you never know <laughs> oh god please not um but the other thing that came out about Disney+, this came out today, is that there was supposed to be a press event next week. Yes, I saw that, yeah. And it has been cancelled. And why has it been cancelled, you may ask? Roni. Roni, Roni. virus.
3: So, uh, they, yeah. They said it's been cancelled because of the coronavirus and also because uh, a lot of the media have pulled out that's nonsense. Who's put, like no one in London is putting out of events yet. I mean, assuming no. it was in London, um, no, it seems very very strange. Very odd to me. Um, very very strange. Like I was in London um, at the end of last week, and everyone is carrying on as normal. There are no people walking around in masks. I've got I know a, a, you know a few journalists who are literally carrying on their job as normal, attending events. It 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 feels like an excuse for to me more than anything else.
1: It does seem a bit weird. It does seem a bit weird. I can't, I can't figure out why they would do it, and with you know a couple of days to go, cancel it. So, you know, either, either they really do have serious concerns, and like you say, Ryan, right about the parts they don't want to be seen as as one of the big instigators of, of it. Um, but it just seems a bit odd, especially as well when it's been promoted so heavily in Europe.
3: Oh, I've seen it constantly everywhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been all over TV. Uh, it's been, you know, I've seen tra- adverts and trailers for it in the cinema. Um, it, you know, and, and social media wise, you know, everywhere I go, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, um, Pornhub, you, you still get adverts for D- Disney plus. Maybe not Pornhub, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it is literally everywhere. So, you know, may, do you think maybe they're just canceling it because they're like, "Why do we have to throw this money for a party?" Everyone knows about. Well, it, I mean, maybe?
3: what what um, what press big press website hasn't already covered it? Like, why are they why do they need to? Like, everyone's already spoken about the Mandalorian in the UK. Well, what else, genuinely, what else is there to get excited about? I mean, they've got some great old old content on there, and there's there's some old cartoon classics that I'm looking forward to watching, but. Other than that, like, is it anything that the press? I mean, the press aren't going to care about that. They care about new, exciting stuff that's going to get people's attention. They've already shared all of that when Disney Plus came out last year.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the Marvel shows aren't ready to go yet. Um, nope. There's a few films coming out in the next few months that'll be added to Disney Plus. Um, that's about it. And also, as well, the other weird thing about it is that it's still going to be different in regions. So my understanding is that a lot of the films you get on American Disney+, Plus, like the newer films, like your Captain Marvels, your your Endgame, Aladdin, Lion King, that kind of stuff, isn't going to be there on the European ones, or certainly not in all European countries, because they all have their own individual deals to show films.
3: Yeah. I'm guessing in like in two, three, four years' time, there'll be a bit more consistency to it. But until that point, it's just going to be a mess, especially like us in the UK. There's so many contracts all over the place with Disney stuff. I honestly think that day one, Disney Plus in the UK is going to be pretty poor.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's why it's it, it, they've got a, a nice launch offer. It's not quite as good as the American launch offer, offer but um, they're offering the first year for £49 pounds or €59, Euros, depending on where you are, which is cheap. You know, oh, compared it's to Netflix yeah. and stuff, it's, it's, it's very cheap. So, um, <laughs> the funny thing
3: is, I've had several conversations with people where they've gone, Right, I spent 50 pounds on this, I'm really looking forward to Disney Plus. And you go, What are you looking forward to? And they go, I'm not really sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the only you, you've got one show that you want to watch, and the rest of it you've probably already got on Blu ray.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I, it's kind of like, I can't remember. How I, was, I think I might be talking to Craig about it, but. Um you know, the the whole thing at the moment with friends, right? And obviously we've got this Friends Revival thing coming out on um HBO Max, I think it is, which is like another yep. new streaming service coming out to America. And um, you know, it's a big hoo-ha because uh in America Friends was taken off Netflix because that's going to be part of the NBC Peacock streaming service, which is launching soon. And I said, I don't understand why people are getting so upset because you can buy the entire collection of friends on Blu-ray for like $50, 50 yeah. pound. So just, if you're that desperate to see it, just go and buy it. It's, and that's it's the really thing, I think. Weird. The,
3: the, the good thing about Disney Plus is it has a lot of shows on there that I've not seen since I was a kid. Some that I didn't even see when I was a kid that you cannot buy over here. So like things like, the original DuckTales and Gargoyles and all stuff like that, for me, is worth, even if I only stick with it for a few couple of months, watch all of that and wait until the Marvel shows, it's worth the purchase for a fiver a month.
1: Yeah, exactly. And there is there is a level of convenience, and I get that. And and I mean, especially for the, my kids, it's been great because, I mean, they've had Disney life before, but yeah. we've been able to download some films to the tablet, it's nice and easy. They can watch them on car journeys. Um, you can't do that with a Blu-ray, not very easily. So, yeah, I'm not saying that that you shouldn't want to have these kind of services or you shouldn't use them in, in that way, but I think sometimes you're, you're kind of buying content that you've already got anyway, and it's just being lazy in, in viewing it. You know, instead of going to your shelf to pull a blu-ray out of tomorrowland which takes you like two minutes you can just you know search for it on your apple tv and it's playing
3: yeah and also disney have made changes to some of the films on disney plus the famous one being lilo and stitch where they swapped out the 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 washing machine or dryer where lilo's playing into a pizza box
1: well that is that's a european thing oh is it so the European version, that's always been the case. Interesting. The American version had the tumble dryer or washing machine. Um and yeah, it was some basically it was something to do like when it was being rated, the like the BBFC or whoever said, um, that is, you know, potentially um, you know, showing something dangerous to a child and therefore you've got to change it. And you weirdly, you see these in a few Disney films because Monsters University is another one.
0: Mm.
1: So there's a scene with, um, oh, what is, um, is it Randall? Who's the, Randall's who's, the villain
3: in the first one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
1: Guy. yeah so, so in Monsters University, there's a scene um, fairly early on in the film where he's got some cupcakes and they, they spell something out. And then someone runs into him, and the cakes land on him, and they—I think they smell like "dork" or something. And in the European version, the cupcakes have monsters' faces on, and when they land on him, the monsters' faces are upside down, but the smile, the, like about? the smiles—the smiles are turned into frowns. So they do make these odd quirks in, yeah. for international, and I—I can only imagine the reason for that change is because. Of the language.
3: Yeah, I mean, we don't really use that word anyway.
1: Well, I call people dorks, but, you know, in France, dork isn't going to mean anything. Do you know what I mean? Or, geek yeah. or whatever it was it said. But that's the only reason why. So, yeah, sometimes Disney release slightly different versions of the same film.
3: So I guess it makes sense in a way for them to be using the safest, the, the quote-unquote safest version of the films on Disney+, Plus, just consistently across every region.
1: Well, I suppose also as well, it makes it easier for, from a, a, a distribution point of view. Yeah. Because then you've just got the one version of the film that you can, sh- you know, if you've got, let's say you've got 50 versions of the same film because of different languages, right? And I, I, I don't know how many languages they're translating to. But if you've got, you know English-speaking countries, you're going to play that film in, but there's like ten of those countries, and they've all got different, you know, reasons for having changes in them. You're just going to play the one that's easiest, and yeah, just yeah, have that sure. across the board. So, but uh, yeah, I didn't realise that they'd made that change in the American one, but that's why blame blame uh, blame Europe for blame, that one.
3: Blame Europe. The same as well, I mean, we've been the UK's been blaming Europe for things for the last couple of years now. So why not let the Americans
1: join in, and then some. <laughs> um, right so you touched on it earlier on Artemis Fowl yeah so we've talked to, again another film that we talked about before on here because this has been delayed a few times most recently it was delayed uh, it was swapped out in uh, to put Maleficent out earlier um, but I believe they released a new trailer yesterday. Yeah. And, it's, and I, I don't know Artemis Fowl. So I know it's a series of books. Uh, Owen Kulfer uh, wrote the books. But from what I've been seeing on the reactions from the trailer, it looks like they've, they've changed the character.
3: Yeah, they turned the character, which is kind of, um, I guess, a lovable villain... You know, quite a bad guy, but you kind of you kind of on board with him, um, into like a good guy, which for me (laughs) seems to be. It's almost like changing Harry Potter, and all of a sudden he can't actually use magic at all, Hmm. and he's a troll. Um, It's a bit of an odd move, and it it just again it it almost rings of Disney just playing it too safe. It's the same issue I've got with Disney Plus. There's no adult content now. For what reason? Oh, we don't really know because you can't be asked to put in a parental control system like Netflix, which is actually pretty easy. Um, it's just odd; it's a very odd thing to do because fans of the books are incredibly annoyed, and actually, that's your core
1: audience. And they're quite old, aren't they? Because like the first one came out roughly around, or, or not that long after uh, Harry Potter. Yeah. Like, 2001, the first book was published. So I think by that point, we were possibly on... Three
3: or four, uh, maybe?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think the 1st Harry Potter was, like, 97. Yeah, it was, yeah. So we're probably on... We're certainly around the time the first film came out. And, yeah, I think maybe... I book think it was three.
3: 2001,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's taken a long time to make it. And it, it does seem odd that they've made... You know, because... We used to in films, you know, film adaptations of them changing things, but
3: oh, it's to be expected. Yeah,
1: this seems like a pretty big change because you're essentially changing the entire persona of the character,
3: changing the entire book series. Really, um, it's like Lord of the Rings being set in space, which actually sounds brilliant. Please make that.
1: <laughs> well, they they tried that with Treasure Island. Yeah, the the next treasure pilot. Yeah, so oh okay, yeah, please don't do that again. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> um, it's a yeah. kind of theme here. It's always Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's odd because this film has already had quite a troubled history in terms of it, 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 apparently it, was, it sat at Fox for a long time. Like Fox was originally the ones that were going to adapt it. And then it eventually moved over to Disney. Um, so, you know, it got I mean, stuck in got the bell a hell. Well, again, when we were looking at the the review, the films coming up this year, we, we said then that it probably would do, but not because of the backlash we knew it was going to get, although very good foresight, obviously, by us, um, but more because in live action new properties, Disney has not done well. No of late so it, it it seemed like a you know it's going to be the next uh, wrinkle in time and yeah
3: they just don't seem to be able to do it i don't know what it is but they just can't seem to produce a good new film franchise they just can't do it yeah. i don't know i just don't understand it's not that difficult to do surely for a team you could literally get the best people in the business and they can't seem to do it well, I, mean, I, th- Ken- I just wonder if it's coming from the top that the, there's too many strict rules on what they can and can't do in films.
1: That well, seems to be what it is. Kenneth is directing this. Now, Kenneth Branagh's not got a huge history of Disney. Um, he directed Thor, didn't he? Yeah.
3: The original Thor, Thor.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, but he's he's a established director and he's a well-regarded director and actor. Um so you know, on on paper, this seemed like it would be a good fit.
3: But you know what? Maybe it's maybe it's just a poor trailer but they're trying not to reveal too much about the character for those who don't know him.
1: So you're saying the trailer might portray him in, in a bit more of a a better light than he'll actually end up being.
3: Quite quietly. possibly. Yeah, you know, that's that's more than possible.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, and and to be fair, if, if there's one thing that Disney don't seem to have learned from recently is that they struggle to make trailers. Mm. Don't know, don't know why, but they they do. Um, so yeah, wanted to mention that uh, Indiana Jones Five. Mm-hmm. Spielberg's out, Mister Spielberg. Um, uh, I mean, uh, we keep getting all like bad back. news, isn't it? Well, it, we keep getting told that this film's going to move. Uh, move forward, but it just seems to just be stuck all the time.
3: I don't understand
1: how you can make an Indiana Jones movie with Harrison Ford. I just don't no. I
3: don't understand. How Not is he doing elite. how is he doing anything other than hobbling away from uh Russians or Nazis or whoever he's up against this time? Um I just I just don't see it working. I just he didn't look amazing as, as Han Solo in The Force Awakens. I think it worked well because he wasn't the lead and it was nice to see him back in the character, but I couldn't have watched him hobble around a spaceship for two hours, the Falcon for two hours. He struggled as it, as it was. Yeah. The, um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, I would be happy if this was a passing of the torch film. You know what would be good is if this was like a reversal of um, The uh, Last Crusade, where yeah. Indiana Jones was playing the Sean Connery role and someone yeah, 12 years well. younger was playing uh, the new Indiana Jones.
2: Or well, it's a flashback movie. See Harrison Ford at the beginning,
1: remembering his younger days. Honestly, I think at this oh point... Oh, God. They, they might just be, it all goes <laughs> bloody wrong, doesn't it? They might just be better to just CGI Harrison Ford. Just oh, have somebody man. play him in a, green, in a green morph suit and just animate him over the top. Um, no. Not sure well, really. if
3: it kind of works in um, Captain Marvel and Ant-Man. I think the te- technology is at a point where it's not as blatantly obvious. Then that could be that could genuinely work, Mm. but I just think it's going to be it's going to be an absolute disaster. I hope I'm wrong because it's one of my favorite film franchises. It's one of the best trilogies ever made.
1: Yes, yes. There's only been three in James films. There's only been three. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: The only the only positive on this is that um, the rumored director is going to be James Mangold, who is fantastic. Who sounds like a Bond villain. But Mr.
3: Mangold.
1: He, I uh, just wanted another excuse for someone to do a Sean Connery impression and you haven't let me down. <laughs> um, and, and for those that don't know James Mangold, uh, he directed uh, Logan, the, the best Wolverine film. Uh, in fact, probably it's the best the only Wolverine film. <laughs> Yeah, again, let, let's forget the other two. Um, and more recently he did uh, Ford versus Ferrari, or depending on where you are in the world, Le Mans 66, because... Ford versus Ferrari was such a hard title. Um very odd that one. Uh yeah, he, he's a good director. He's got a good pedigree. He's young ish, up and coming, uh, has done some really good work. So I'm I'm glad that somebody like him is given the uh you know the chance to do a film of this kind of magnitude. Um it's not could make or break him as a director though. Yeah, could possibly. Um, and you know it's not science and delivery, it's just that that is, is who they're talking about
3: so. i tell you what this rings of though and I don't want to keep criticizing Disney but this rings of Disney wanted more control over the film Spielberg wasn't having it and quietly stepped down
1: possibly yeah.
3: I mean the fact they even hired someone, to, some, someone that had anything to do with Indiana Jones 4 to work on this film
1: says that they don't care about the franchise at all. That is not... I can't disagree with that. Um, The last thing, just before we wrap up, is another bit of uh, casting news, and that is that um, it looks like uh, Johnny Depp might be returning as Captain Jack Sparrow after all. Yes. I think... I mean, I... Uh, Zac, Zac Efron hadn't been officially announced, had he? As being in the next Pirates film. No, it was rumoured. But I would have no... I actually... I was never a fan of High School Musical, but I think Zac Efron is actually a pretty good actor. Yes, yeah. And um, I think he's got better as he's got older as well. So I'd all be for him taking over that role, but I obviously would like to see Johnny Depp... Not be pushed out of the franchise, and I was thinking about this earlier. If they go ahead with this film, if they bring Johnny Depp back, and if they bring Zach Efron on to be like the young Captain Jack Sparrow or something, what I would like to see are you? Are you well, actually, I know Mr. D's, but Ryan, have you seen The Princess Bride? Uh, no. So, in The Princess Bride, one of the main characters is a pirate, and uh, spoiler alert for a over 30-year-old film, what happens <laughs> is, is he becomes the pirate because the pirate before him basically hands him down the name and says, Look, because uh, okay, people yeah. don't know who I am, you can just say mm-hmm. you're me and everyone will believe you and believe the tales of what you've done on, on the high seas. So I would almost like, again, a, a kind of passing of the torch where you know Jack Sparrow lives on, but the, the kind of character... Is given to someone mm. else.
3: I see. So I, I would like Johnny Depp to do one more movie because obviously it was left on a bit of a cliffhanger. Mm. I'd like them to finish finish it up, get all the original cast back, and just end the franchise. I think. I mean, this will be the sixth film. Is that right? Six, the sixth movie. Um, you know, you, you're crossing into Star yeah. Wars territory now. It's just getting ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. And I'd say probably two of the five current films have been good. The rest have been enjoyable watches. There's one that is absolutely terrible. I, You know, the the fifth one was a good plane movie. i would not in a rush to go and see it again. And the fourth was just, oh, my God, let's just burn it. Yeah. Burn it with fire.
1: Uh, I, I thought one, two, and five were good. I didn't yeah. care uh, for three or four at all. Three, three, three was like
3: just, a, three hours long or something ridiculous, I've, wasn't it? I've
1: never finished it. I've tried Such a few times time. and I've never finished it. I just got bored. And
2: I think yeah. I'm just going to watch one in the future. <laughs> what, one is one, like a
3: perfect yeah, action a, movie.
2: Yeah, it's a great movie. Really good. I was so excited for two. And two was a disappointment, but it was okay. And then it just continued to go downhill from then on. In.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, no, I think it's just uh, to bury it under under an X
3: on a, on an island so. somewhere.
1: Hey.
3: Bearing in mind Johnny Depp is almost sixty, I mean realistically there's no sixty-year-old pirates that exist really.
2: They've there's probably a few Somalians that would disagree with you on that one, but I'm not <laughs> okay. I'm not,
3: I'm not going to argue with you. But back in back in the the old pirate age, yeah. yeah. There weren't many 60-year-old pirates, and uh, Keith Richards yeah. looked more like a skeleton from the first movie than he did a pirate.
1: Yeah. I, 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 don't, I think your point is, right. not that there weren't any pirates that were about 60 years of age, there weren't any people that were about 60 years of age. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Think pirates think so. even less so. Um, right, so uh, with an apology to any of our uh, Somali pirate listeners, we didn't mean to upset you, please don't come after us. Uh, I think we'll wrap this episode up. So, Mister D, Ryan, thank you very much for joining me. And we'll be back with another Disney parts and beyond in a couple of weeks. Stay away from the coronavirus.
2: Sure you're (laughs) sure. Oh God!
1: (laughs) This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.